Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canada Talk. I'm this morning and my coach is usual, Aiden. Guys, Arsenal take on Brighton in a must-win game at the Emirates. I mean, it's a match that, you know, totally put, put me out of my uh, usual time breakdown of the match. Um, for me, it looked at the match was also played hours after the City match where they, you know, totally dispatched Everton 3-0 at Goodison Park. And I think the feeling before kickoff and, and, and you know, going to the start of the match, uh, they already had an underwhelming feeling to it. I don't know what your take was, like the way you were watching it your side. No, no, I, I felt that 100% the same. Remember, remember I told you last week, Saturday, that, you know, this is the game where City need to drop points before, yeah. you know, because it's sandwiched between a Real Madrid game, two Real Madrid games. And, yeah. you know, the fact that they played, like, against Real Madrid, came back, you know, made the wholesale changes and still managed to win 3-0 comfortably. You know, I think that knocked the win out of like, my sales. And I thought, you know, that I don't think there's a chance now that we will get anything because of them. I mean, just speaking about that, uh, they just picked themselves up in one 4 0 against uh, Real Madrid again. So the city team was something else. And I think the fact that we we, we were almost like grinding uphill in, in first gear, where we or fifth gear, trying to climb a hill in fifth gear first. and. I think that's why there was a, you know, like you said, a bit of a, I don't know, hangover or something like that around the, the stadium, like a dark cloud after <laughs> Everton got hammered like that. Because, yeah, you had Everton side fighting for relegation, coming up against the City side who, who just played on Wednesday, and yet they just coasted past them. And you kind of had that feeling like, you know, it wasn't going to happen against Everton. Not any points up. I don't think it's going to probably happen anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, look, Arsenal started the game, also had a solid 20 minute spell. And I mean, right there, there was also where everything just ended for Arsenal. Because after that 20 minute spell, Arsenal just had no, no answer, no reply to whatever uh, the Zerbe and Brighton threw at us. Yeah, I know it was. And it's like they were winning the the midfield battles. They were closing us down, and and Brighton's keeper was really nervous, nervous on the ball. So I would hope, I was thinking there's probably going to be a goal coming soon because it was really to put him under pressure. But I don't know. I, I think Arteta maybe need to shuffle his back a bit. I think you know this wasn't a game maybe for Jorginho to to slow the game down because I think Brighton were closing too fast, and you know it was. I think Martinelli's injury, picking up an injury, you know, we saw Trossard being thrown on him. And at most part, you know, we would be happy to see Trossard coming on. But, you know, it seemed like he's here. It was also we trying to prove a point to deserve it. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, since they left on, 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 you know, bad terms, I think it was more Trossard versus Brighton than Arsenal, him doing everything for Arsenal. But, because, I mean, a personal vendetta is not going to help you out in a sort of game, a crunch game like this. Um, look, Brighton also grew stronger. Uh, the Zerbi, like they, his team, like they looked sharper to everything. Played the sort of pressing game that that almost like saw, or was almost like something that we saw with Arsenal at the, the start of the season before the World Cup. That sort of pressing. This time around, we just looked like we could not get out of our own, like our box in our own half. Because I mean, the, the sort of physical intensity and also the speed that, that Brighton played it. Arsenal just looked like they were second rate on the day. 
Yeah, I know the team looked tired. I mean, that Mitomo was skinning Ben White all the time, and then, like he was coming for more and more. And the fact that you know, you could see Ben White was tired. I mean, I'm not making an excuse for him, but <laughs> the Arsenal team it was very tired. I mean, I don't know if you watched the Real Madrid game in the week, but I mean, you know, Kevin De Bruyne played for 60, 70 minutes flat, and he gave about 200 percent, and they, they they pulled him off afterwards. He job done. With Arsenal, it doesn't seem like we had that luxury. I mean, De Bruyne will probably sit out to this weekend again. Certain players will sit out this weekend. But Arsenal have been, you know, when they maybe messed up with the recruitment, is that they've been playing players week in, week out, week in. And you could see Ben White could not anymore his legs were, were like, um, every time Matilma came to him, he just got past him and flew past him. And it was... You know what's happening it all over the park. I mean, um, at Casado was dominating even at the right back, even the frame out of position. He was solid there. I don't know how to pronounce their left back's name with that. Uh, uh, the E oh, that. Uh, Subania. Subania. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you were also, you know, nullifying Saka that side. So it was like everywhere in the park, Arsenal just seemed flat and we had no answers and no ideas. And it started getting worrying when you started seeing like, you know, we're not, we're not doing anything to trouble Brighton. They're the one that's on the ascendancy. And I mean, uh, you know, what I actually find, you know, way funny, like, you know, in hindsight, look, Mitoma just started the game as a right winger. So, I mean, he was coming up against Tienis and he wasn't getting that much, you know, uh, opportunity. And the minute we got to that 25-minute mark, when deserving and switched wingers, and he put Mitoma on Ben White, all of a sudden, you know, like the, the gates, the uh, floodgates just opened, in, as you know said. All of a sudden, Ben White got skinned at every opportunity. And you could see at, at times Ben White didn't even know what to do because there were either either Matoma's speed was taking him past or every time Brighton was eating a route one ball over and Ben White was not getting to that either. And, and that is the thing, you know, Brighton mixed it up with a route one ball. We don't need to route one ball enough. We try to play ourselves out of trouble. And, and sometimes you can't, you know, sometimes it's just not there. Sometimes you just need to hit that route one ball and, and something can happen from it. But, you know, Asus also seemed, you know, anonymous again. It's, it's showing more and more that, you know, I'm not trying to slate the play. He's done well for us, but you need to take us to the next level. You need. Uh, a prop number nine, or oh, you didn't somebody know. That, 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 and what he offers, yes, as somebody that also, <clears throat> you know, I think Jesus would, have, would play well if he plays off a striker, you know, when he's not dependent to, 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 to lead the line and score every week. Because, like we spoke about, if you had a 20 goal striker, even 20 25 goal striker playing for Arsenal, you know, who, who knows where, 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 where things could have, could have changed. Because, I mean, he looked outnumbered and out, out, out fought at every long ball because, like, even we did now, you know, attempt it because, I mean, you've got a Dunk and you've got, what was it, Webster in central defense. Yeah. So, I'm not sure if it was that guy or that other, um, other international that also have at centre-back. But, I mean, you could see, <coughs> excuse me, you could see he was having, a, like, I'm not fighting a lone battle because Trossard wasn't uh, coming in to help. And even if uh, he did win the ball, the, the way uh, um, Brighton actually isolated Saka and Trosa, he was always going to like be fighting a, a losing battle. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, Odegaard also seemed 
flat. The whole team just seemed flat to you. Wouldn't say this is a team that's trying to secure, you know, to, to secure a place for for the Premier League. I think this team also got, you know, you know, sometimes when you're in a Premier League season and um, you 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 kind of and there's nothing to do to play for because I think Arsenal in the back of their heads that had motivation factor also disappeared. Just like you said, you know, after out was on the ground, people yeah. kick off. I think the fact that Everton got smashed like a 3 0 convincingly, like City didn't even need to break a sweat. And I think that for me, you know, kind of said, you know, titles over because at the end of the day, you know, we were hoping for a miracle to happen when actually, you know, we had the game in our hand. We had the title in our hands. I mean, throwing to Southampton and 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 West Ham was was a killer blows, I think. Then I mean, like in that fifty-first minute moment in the second half, where Brighton eventually did, you know, break the deadlock. Uh, Arsenal very poor in defence, and then and Ciso ends up, you know, in that melee in the, in the box, steals in and glances either in and Brighton go one or. Look, I, I know Kibio had to be stronger when they still his foot, but I mean, my question was, didn't they impede him a bit or you said that? Just too yeah. soft to, to, to... I know fans are saying, oh, people are saying, he should be strong, he should be strong. Yeah. I get that. He should have been strong. He should have played with this. I mean, you and I probably have not even professionals, you know, even if we play amateur football, or you know, if our boot came off, uh, we would kind of, you know, try to organize for the ball, but... Fact of the matter is, they stood on the back of his Achilles and they took his boot off the way. They stood on his foot, you know. Whatever you call it, I'm sure that was. I'm, and I'm not trying to sound like a sore loser, like you know, I, I let it go. I'm like, ah, you know, what it, it is. But the fact that they stood on his foot, that his boot came off. I mean, isn't that kind of an impediment, you know, in the rules of the game? It's as uh, as soft as it may be. I mean, we've seen soft things happen, but you know that. Kind of took out Kivio. I mean, maybe he could have stood up and whatever, but I mean, isn't that a foul standing on the back of somebody's foot? No, but I mean, I think that is where, where social media can also be a true shit show because I don't know, one or two people started bringing up this whole thing with the whatever conspiracy theories and that. But I mean, you can clearly see he got raked on the like from the ankle down. And I mean, it's not like I mean, I, I, I dare anybody to. Have somebody do that to you and see how you stand up to it, like, you know, uh, talking like from, you know, behind a keyboard and stuff like that, so how you'll be able to cope with it. But I just found, that being said, <clears throat> also, as you said, also, in a way, besides the point, because I just think that ball, the way it was coming in from the right, like our right flank, it was also too easy, because yes. I thought more could have been done by Ben White, more could have been done even by Saka to, to help track back, but there was nothing like it, because... It all stems from something, and for me, it all stemmed from that how they got overrun on that side. Yes, because I mean that, as you said, now that is what's it is stupid. He is a left back, and I mean he was more playing as a winger at times, allowing Matoma yeah. to play almost like a, a cam or a, a, a alternate striker type of thing, because he was that far upfield every time. Yeah, I know, and and you could see. That, that, that Ben White was struggling. Like, uh, uh, there's probably been a few games this season where Ben White has really struggled. Like, a handful of games you can count in your one hand. And this was definitely one of them. This Matoma <laughs> guy has raw speed. You know, he doesn't like, and I'm not saying he's a better player than Saka or Martinelli, but he doesn't 
κάτι τέλει τέλει Είναι και στεύω η κλαούση Είδα και είναι να κάνω την μπαλάινα Είναι και να τράξει και είναι το κετήν του δεύτερος Αμήν λεβαπού φράιτεν τρόπιμα Αμήν λόγω τα τύπτα Είναι να κάνει από κανείς με το όμο Έξιλοι στράγγλτ Yeah, that was the end of it for me, you know, that just the just the way that we continue that goal. I mean, you know, another individual error, you know, kind of even like that was also a game. And I think, you know, it kind of just knocked the wind out of my sails. It, it yeah. was kind of, I wouldn't say like heartbreaking where you had to be in tears or something, but you just... You know, you were fighting this good fight all season and it just took, you know, a few chunk of games. Everybody said at the end of the season, yeah, you know, you need to watch out for these games. And, you know, it just all felt like the wind was knocked out of our sails. And I just kept on watching this last few minutes, you know, knowing that it's done because, I mean, there was nothing we could do. There was no way this Arsenal side was going to, you know, Score three goals with four minutes to go or three minutes to go. And then 96 minute Danny Welbeck ends up testing Ramsdale, ends up spilling the shot. And then the Seagulls, uh, defender Stupian ends up again way far up, up front. And I mean, he ends up just rolling in the ball for easy tapping on the on the rebound. And they go 3 0 up, and that's game over. That's game over. And the interesting thing I wanted to bring up just for the substitute, I mean. You know, we 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 throw on Emil Smith Rowe for Odegaard, who's who's really hasn't featured much, but now you're asking him to save the game, and you're taking off your so-called number nine striker for Eddie and Ketia. I mean, it just I mean Eddie and Ketia and, and Jesus. I mean, it just shows this Arsenal squad that we didn't do enough in the January transfer window. Once again, I mean, we got hiding three 0 at the home really embarrassing and you know kind of ends that title charge but there's a few things that are like you know and to get to my chest as well there's a fact yeah. that you know this Arsenal sign in January you know I don't know if they were arrogant or what but to feel that they would get knocked out of all the competitions first of all and then the second of all he said you know you were on the Europa League so had a um, decent tag in Sporting Lisbon that you know obviously the draw was a little bit later but you needed to strengthen I mean you let Cedric go who could have done a job at right-back. I mean, that could have freed up Ben White to play centre-back because I think he's also a very good centre-back. And he didn't at all try to get any type of, you know, number nine to give us a, a plan. We couldn't get here in Jesus. I know Jesus is maybe a bit of a level up to get here, but they're the same type of player. And we just left ourselves so vulnerable that, you know, we were fighting at the end on one front our players then still collapsed because they were played into the ground. And then you look at your side like Man City. I mean, yes, they've spent money. But, I mean, they, their squad is so big and so strong that, you know, they didn't even feel it. Like, I mean, you and I were always, like, rubbing our hands together saying, yeah, you know, they're playing, they're playing Champions League, they're playing Bayern, they're playing this. And they just seemed to just smack everybody aside. And while we were playing one game a week, we were, we just, you could see us laboring all the time. And, you know, if we had been in the FA Cup or Europa League, at least us fans, you know, I know we're complaining now that we ended, 
we second at least, but I mean, at least we would have had, you know, something further to look forward to, like a Europa League run, you know, we went to be in the finals now, you know, you you find yourself winning European silverware and ending second, you know, you kind of, you know, take it on the chin and you and you kind of walk away and say, you know what, we, we gave City a good run, uh, the title would have been over at Christmas if if we weren't doing what we were doing, but just the way we faltered off and just collapsed, like, I'm saying bottled, but just the like the other legs run out. I mean, you look at this season, we lost four points from a team that got relegated and two points to a West Ham side. We were 2-0 up at, we just played a Europa League, I mean, a Conference League game that Thursday. And that, you know, probably had this sights on avoiding relegation, but more so winning the Conference League. I mean, <clears throat> I think, I mean, that you now laid your cards out. Now, I'm going to also tell you now my side. Um, I just think also at times, Arteta's inexperience. I think, look, I think you, you you kind of overlook it in that previous seasons. Because, look, he's not new to it and that. and, and But I think now with us flying high and getting in the mix of the title race, I think it was like a total new ball game for him. I don't think he was really prepared for that. For that. And I just think there were there were times where you can see when 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 almost like push came to sh- push came to shove, he kind of almost like panicked, you know. Instead of trying, like he, he was always in the press and that trying to show, you know, like a poker face. But I think when when it, uh, when you get into the meat of everything, you can actually see there were moments where he, he panicked and it's almost like you know you you blink, you gave up your game type of thing that moment because like I. <clears throat> For me, also, like with 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 subs at times, uh, even like just going now back to the the Brighton game quick. Mm. See, at, at one point he, he was so panicked. He did, I mean, for me, a lot of people also said, whether pundits or or just general fans, at times the subs didn't like, make sense because you are like, something that you brought up, which is a very good point. That about you expecting Smith Rowe to get you out of this fire or this burning like a burning house, and. Since he has not had enough minutes on his clock or whatever, he's not going to be able to get it for you. And I mean, in Ketia, if, if it was already tough for Jesus up against Dunk and all the other guys, and it was Colwell, that he's a 20-year-old centre-back of his. If he's already struggling there with these two giants, how is Ketia going to, you know, save our skin, you know, up, up against a wall like that? And, and that and also other thing is like with, with that Europa League thing. Personally, I always felt the Thursday night thing is always going to be an issue. It, it, it didn't suit us under Wenger, the Europa League. It didn't suit us under Emre, and it doesn't suit us under Arteta. So I thought to myself, if anything, you rather sacrifice that. I mean, it's, I know sometimes it's a bitter pull to swallow for people to hear when a, a fan or a football person says, like, eh, you must sacrifice this. Then I'd rather have, as I told you the other night when we watched that, then I'd rather have a domestic run. And that because, I mean, you could see, we, you know, we could actually see Arteta panic. When we got ourselves, uh, I mean, honestly, it felt like by luck to get that far in the competition. Because, I mean, we weren't impressive, really, even in the group stages. And then, of course, you get into that that knockout phase. And we were like, we're scraping through, scraping through. And by the time we got now there to Sporting, he started throwing all the big guns out. And I thought, why? I mean... We in a, it's a perfect position, and then I mean, look in that sporting game at the Emirates, we end up losing uh, Tommy Asso and Saliba, and I mean, yeah. it's also as you mentioned, I think a week or two ago, even that was a hell of a turning point for us. Yes, because you, you, I mean, if we had even lost one of them, you know, you have been white to cover for 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 Saliba and Tommy Asso can play right back. Not much changes in this team, 
Yeah. But then you had, you know, both of them being lost. I mean, Ben White having replayed into the ground. I mean, you know, you still could have used Rob Holding in certain games at the back, yeah. you know, where you would have felt comfortable. But I think it was almost like, like, like um, you were depending on players that have been, you know, not your first choice. And then something that you've mentioned, which actually, you know, sticks out like the sort of thumb as well, is that Arteta's subs. You know, there probably has been games, but I can't like even call it on top of my head where he, he sub, okay, maybe with Reese Nelson, you know, the sub, like the difference, yeah. but sometimes he just has that mass panic of thing. I mean, an old Trafford game for me, you know, was one that stood out. I think, didn't he, was it, was it 1 1 or was it 2 1 when he made those three changes immediately and then suddenly that game just got away from us? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, that inexperience it did rear its head now when, when it mattered. Look, that's why I said, look, for me, you know, as, as tough as he is, I think it's also like a, a sort of lesson that everybody from the manager to the coaching staff to the players have to also learn from this. I mean, look, success didn't come over overnight for Man City or for even Man United whatever back in the day. It, it comes with a process. And I think this is something that you have to really, you know, you have to take it on the chin, but you also have to see come next season, you have that squad that, that's, even if somebody was, oh, yeah, the squad is bloated, whatever, you have a squad that can uh, help you on all fronts. You have a sort of quality that uh, at, at that same level where, you, like, you know, when you chop and change, you're not going to see much of a difference. It's still going to be a strong, potent side. And then that is the thing that, that's been lacking over the years now already. We don't, it's like we, we always just buy just to like save our skin, like type of thing. We don't think, you know, we, we're going to go that little bit extra. And I think that is the sort of mindset and mentality that needs to come very fast to a club like ours, especially now being in the Champions League. We need to start thinking bigger and stop having that, that as I say, small club mentality. No, I agree with you 100%. And I think that is that has been Arsenal's um, Achilles heel over the years. I mean, <clears throat> it's like it hasn't been rectified since. You know, Wenger's prime days because, like, you know, you and I were praying every time, like, or, 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 or keeping our fingers crossed. You know, Xhaka goes down in the injury, like, oh no, this is not a long term one, or party goes down, or, you know, you see Saliba holding his leg, or, or like, <laughs> you panic when every player in, in our starting 11, if any player was holding his leg or, or injured, you would feel a bit stressed out, you know, is it a bad injury? I mean, you look at Man City, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not, like I said, you know, they have spent million, billions over the seasons, but, you know, parting maybe Haaland and De Bruyne, if anybody else picks up a knock, you know, they just, okay, Foden comes in, or, or, or Maris comes in, or whatever. Or, yeah, I think that's where Arsenal also needs to get it right, because, I mean, you have the players, but it's almost like Arteta has his, his crew of, of, of his 11. I mean, we saw it last season also. And, you know, it's almost near impossible for anybody else to get an opportunity to, to get into the team up until that specific player gets injured. Now you're asking someone to come out from the cold completely and, and, and help win, win us the game. So there needs to be that kind of rotation. I'm not saying you have to make 67 changes, but like, you know, Yes, not somebody in years, not somebody in years, not somebody in years. So when they do come and have a game, I mean, look at that Julian Alvarez. Yeah. I mean, the guy is always chomping at the bit to play. I mean, even if he, he sits out for four games and he throws it in, 
he does something again. Or, or Pep swaps it around a bit. He kind of plays him as the second striker behind Haaland. And, he, you know, he gets one or two goals. He comes back out again. And he throws him back in. He scores one or two again. And, and that's what we don't have. It's like Arsenal. Like, I mean, it's almost like you have a bit of panic when the replacement comes into play for, for the so-called first play in that position. You know, Charles Watts of, of um, you know, Gold.com, he actually made a very good um, an analogy and analysis of the other day with regards to the, the current Arsenal team. And, I mean, he said something down the lines of, I'm just going to spitball this, really. But, I mean, yeah. he said something like, Saka had something like over 3,000-something minutes of playing time. This is people like the brain and Mars, like almost like 1,500 to whatever minutes. So it just shows you how they are managing their players. And that is, if you got someone like Saka playing almost all your games, playing almost all your minutes, and that, and, and then you look at a team like Man City who are like, you know, cantering like eventually to a title, we they can actually limit their time so that they're always having their players fresh. Yeah, I know it's. It's the, the, I mean, you, you can see the moment Pep has a game wrapped up, he takes his guys off, yes. he says, come, you come off, you come off. Like, there's been times where Arteta's had a three-goal lead, a four-goal lead, and we and I mean, you and I would ask each other, like, you know, why is Saka still on the field, or why did they still play Martinelli for the full 90 or whatever? Take him off. Because I think the trust is the thing that it's the biggest issue I noticed with Arteta. But then again, I'm thinking, look, you put the side together, so you should now know. But I mean, if you don't have, have trust in you, then I mean, you can always like, you know, think I was gonna, you know, was like overwork people. Because I think, say, look, because look, I find Ben White a very good player. But I mean, to see that sort of performance that you saw last week, that was very unlike, you know, what when you think of his standards when he plays. And that, that was actually that, that kind of made, you know, had me gutted when you see. Somebody playing almost like, and he's physically broken down already. And I mean, I know somebody say, yeah, but it's a job and that. But I mean, if you just keep on, keep on. And I mean, when you can see Arteta, don't know what he's really at times doing. Because what I don't get is he first coddled them to a point, And then post-Brighton game, then he brought out that sort of character that I was always looking for uh, for, for 2023. Where he like, you know, started saying like, you know, this was a disappointment, that was a disappointment. And I think... You see, now that's the mentality you need to, to take into the next game. But if you're going to say, oh, yes, I love you and others, <laughs> they're not your children. I mean, they are they are like your tools. You are the, 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 the architect. That's your tools. And you have to, that pitch there is your blueprint and how you're going to do things. And for me, I think that is where the, the, the big um, gap or whatever has, has come with Arsenal, where everything is the kind of dis, yeah, disorientated, disjointed type of thing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, like you say, actually, now I just think about it. Even after every press conference, even when the guys, you know, that they top the three points against Southampton, yeah, it was, you know, I guess as a trainer and a rush was there when we came back from, you know, towards the end. But I mean, the guys like, you know, I love these guys for doing that. And, you know, they showed this and that and that. But, you know, right then and there, you'd also call them out and say, like, you know. So, yeah. It, it was it was it wasn't ideal for us. But I mean, look, at, look, at that, look at that game also against against Madrid the other night with Man City. I mean, and, and I actually hate using them on our podcast like all time them. But I mean, at times you have to also look at them and, and see how they are run because look at that way where Pep and De Bruyne had uh, argument on the pitch in the middle of a semi final second league game where 
Kevin De Bruyne told him to shut up. When he, he uh, when Pep told him to do better at the pressing game or whatever, and it's all like it was like annoying uh, De Bruyne, and that's when he told Pep to shut up. But I mean, that just shows you that that's the the, the, the demand of of uh, you know of a coach. Because look at that the other day also with with the Zerbi, where they were three 0 up, they like coasting to victory over us. Uh, Brighton made one error with I think with a minute or, or thirty seconds left, and the Zerbi actually almost like nearly pulled his ear. Yes, the yes. sort of standard. I mean, that's the sort of standard you need to get. Not just be animated on the side of the pitch, but I mean, have a better standard because you see they wanted their clean sheet at all costs, and any little slip up was going to push their the coach off. And once again, it comes down to the clean sheets at the Emirates. How much goals have we conceded to the Emirates? We continue to do it. I mean, you and I saw that as one of the things that needed to be rectified. We didn't. We were conceding almost from match one till the Emirates, till, you know, we, we play Wolves. We will probably also concede at the Emirates, but we'll beat them like 4 1 or something like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, that is a sort of. I mean, I, I would like them to take everything that, that was almost like the disappointing part of things. You know, the same way they use that, that sort of clip of, of all or nothing to inspire them against Newcastle. I want them to, to do something like this, where they almost like something that inspire, inspires them for a full league campaign, where there's no breaks or whatever, where they just are driven to their target. Because I just think a lot is going to be asked of the team, like, you know, with the Champions League campaign uh, getting underway. But I, I mean, at least it saves us from the, you know, the Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday type of thing. Yeah, we'll have to see because, you know, Liverpool seem to be eating their strides now again. And they're probably all strengthened in the summer. Okay, Chelsea, I don't know. They look like they could still be in the doldrums and United might strengthen. So, you know, Arsenal need to now, you know, not rest on their laurels in the summer and actually yeah. go and get, you know, probably three to four quality players now that can fit in. You know, we 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 can say that the squad can can can. We need players that can take games with the scruff of the neck as well. That you know, when the chips are down, yeah, that will pull the rest of the guys out of the fire. I mean, you know, you would have expected Asus to be that guy, but I mean, he wasn't. I mean, Odegaard towards the end was that guy that was literally. You know, and unexpectedly so was the guy that, I mean, I know he's captain, but he was the guy who, like, you know, a lot of the time pulled the guys up from the from the dumps when they were down. So, so yeah, but, you know, now we, we, we take on Nottingham Forest who was fighting for their life also. And, you know, you know, what is left in Arsenal's tank? Because, I mean, you as a, you as a gooner now watching that game, it just feels like this game has a bit of a dead rubber to it. I mean... You know, you lose or don't win. The, if you don't win the game, you know, City become champions without kicking a ball. We kind of made it that easy for City. If you look at it, you know, where the fact that they were playing an FA Cup semi-final and they realised, you know, Arsenal messed up. So now they're only four points. They were like three points ahead now or something like that. We we kind of gave City that luxury every time. And I mean, now they could, I mean, we, let's make it difficult for them to have to beat Chelsea to, to win the league and not, case of them winning the league without kicking a ball. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, last away match of the season. Um, Forrest still in the relegation scrap, so I don't expect, you know, us just to walk over them because I think a win for Forrest also could take them almost like on the edge of uh, total, uh, yeah, of, of safety away from 18th and 19th spot. So, 
I mean, I'm not expecting, you know, Forrest to do any favours. I think they're going to give as good as they get. They've been almost like a handful to certain teams. I mean, if you recall, Man City only managed to draw there. Uh, yeah. They, didn't they beat Liverpool also? At they beat that? Liverpool, they beat Liverpool, yes. And oh, they beat Spurs in the FA Cup, I think. But they did beat Liverpool there quite, it was quite, and yeah, they, they, they've been quite a handful at, at, the, at the, the city ground. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not expecting, I mean, I expect a, a good scrap, but I think it's also down to see, like, to, to, to see the uh, repercussions from, you know, Arsenal's last loss. So we go, we're going to see something strong because look, we already know after the latest news that uh, Zinchenko is out for the rest of the season, Martinelli is out for the rest of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think now it's just, you know, get this two games now of our chase, that the Forest game and then next week against Wolves. And then let's, you know, let's get the players, they have a, a well-deserved rest. But then, I mean, hopefully the Arteta and, the, and, and uh, Josh Krumke and, and Edu can also put their heads together and somehow, you know, mastermind another, you know, another thing to get us uh, bigger and better things for next season. Yeah, definitely. We definitely need a we definitely do need a mastermind and yeah. you know strengthen the squad because you know if you look at the invincible side and, and like you know I don't want to compare sides because it's different times in football. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it do comes in for Jovita Silva. The squad doesn't get you know any weaker. You know, you have players coming in for. I mean, obviously, like a guy like Henri, it's like almost irreplaceable. But I mean, you had players that came in and did the job for us. I mean. Even winning that FA Cup final, I think, against United, you know, we took them all the way on to win on penalties, but we had no Thierry on D playing there. And it's just Arsenal need to become that type of side that's not over-reliant on players all the time. They need to be able to say, OK, if this guy is injured, we can have this guy to replace him. And in January, if you see that the team needs signings, don't try to, you know, haggle around and on to fight over a few pounds here and there. If you want to, if you splash the cash, you need to do it. If you find if if you believe the player it's obviously not high, but if you believe that player is gonna strengthen your squad tenfold, then open up your checkbook and say, okay, we're gonna spend Dubai on this player. You know, if you believe this guy is gonna do the business for your team. Yeah. So with that, I mean I don't have any other points so I think we you know me and you dissected many of these points that, that kind of kind of was bubbling on the under, you know, under yeah. under the skin to get off our chest also. But I mean, look, that's all I have to really say. I'm sure you had your say. And with yeah. that. So with that, let's hope we can get the three points tonight against Forrest. It's all or nothing anyway. So let's <laughs> come on Arsenal. Let's go, Gunners.